welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by Dave Boyce and Ron Shannis of Today's Class. Uh, last year, I featured Dave on a podcast where we introduced you to Today's Class, uh, the online learning platform that techs can do inside their pocket and their phone uh, for 10, 15 minutes a day. Uh, today, he brings along Ron to talk more about the educational component of that. And we're also going to look back on the year and really see what some of the innovations are over the last 12 months for the platform. Uh, they've recently are in the process of launching a service advisor component to this platform. And on top of that, um, you know, we're going to dive into some of the data they found, uh, what they've learned over the course of the last year in terms of how are technicians learning independently? Uh, why does this matter? And what shop owners can do with this data to help their technicians hone in on their strengths while improving their weaknesses. So here's Dave and Ron. Well, hey, welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, uh, Dave and Ron. How you guys been? Doing very well. Doing great. Good to be here. Absolutely, man. So what's new with you guys these days? Well, business continues to grow. Uh, we've been, you know, releasing new features, new content, continuing to engage with customers, you know, excited for this time of year as we head into Industry Week in, in Las Vegas, uh, looking to, you know, finish a, a pretty strong year for us. Yeah, so I think the last time we checked in, you guys were just kind of getting your legs, you know, getting your legs under you in the automotive space with today's class, the training tool. Um, for our listeners who aren't familiar with today's class, can you tell them what today's class is and how it helps shop owners to educate their workforce? Yeah, absolutely. So today's class provides a little different uh, approach to, to training in the aftermarket. So uh, historically, uh, shop owners, technicians, and service advisors have had to choose between traditional online training, which is you know course-based, test-based, and so forth, or instructor-led. We're providing a new way to do that where training is delivered in, in daily segments, roughly three mm -hmm. to five minutes each day. Those sessions are adaptive, meaning that they adjust to each person based on their strengths their weaknesses, and their role. It offers the training in an engaging way where you can compete with your peers, earn rewards points, redeem rewards points, and so forth. All along the way, every step of this is very data-informed, providing a, a shop owner, a shop foreman, a manager with a lot of insight about where, where their staff is, what opportunities they have for growth, what strengths they have, and so forth. So really, we're just trying to usher in a, a new way to deliver training that, that's much more active, much more engaged, and, and very consistent along the way. All right. Now, you guys have some findings we're going to discuss today. Um, first, I'd like to walk through them uh, kind of one by one. Last year when we spoke, you know, you guys were, you know, according to your data, you were at 1,200 users. Where are you guys at today? So we're just at about 5,000 now. Wow. Yeah, we've experienced some substantial growth, and I, I think it goes to the timeliness of our approach to the needs of the marketplace in many ways, right? It's it's mm -hmm. tough for folks to get their people in training. It's tough to devote that time. It's a big ask to have them train after hours, etc. And this is just a much better informed way to approach it because of the individualized approach that aligns with the client's needs in their business. So yeah, we're growing. Yeah. I mean, that's a big, that's a substantial leap, you know, going from 1200 to, you know, 5,000. Are you guys finding that people are really getting into having access to education in their pocket? 
Yeah, I think that the convenience is huge. We spend a lot of time talking with shops and understanding some of the challenges that they're faced with right now. And, and access is, is always at the top of the list. Um, again, if, if you're going to go to an instructor-led course, there's a bit of a trade-off there in terms of the, the time you've got available to do so. So the fact that they can get some training you know, on a device in their pocket, not only just a, a daily training session, but also being able to use it as a reference tool and, and seek out more information. So I think for most of us, whether it's ordering food or shopping, we're getting very, very comfortable with the idea of having this information on the device that we have in our pocket. And we're just trying to follow that path and make it very easy to get that type of information. Yeah. And so, I mean, what is your data saying then about the relationship between adults and how they like to learn? You know, I'm a person who loves to learn online as well. I find it very easy to do. It's easy to do in my spare time, easy to do in minutes a day, even like you talked about with today's class. Like, well, what is your data saying, you know, that when it comes to technicians, are they finding that they like to, to learn in little spurts like this? Yeah, it does support that. And a lot of the adult learning theory supports that as well. So the fact that it is short and you can you can fit it into your day is convenient. We also find that in this experience, a lot of shops have their technicians and advisors do this together, which takes it to another level in terms of engagement and collaboration and you know, overall a, a sense of learning culture. Um, but yeah, the, the models of, of convenience and relevance are really, really big in terms of dealing with an, an adult learner today. Uh, you can get demotivated very quickly if you're going through a training that's on stuff that you already know or stuff that you may never apply. So with this adaptive approach, really, we're focused on trying to push something to the learner that's really relevant for them today. Not necessarily three years from now, but, but today, based on where they are and, and based on their role. Yeah. Now I was looking at looking at your data, and it said that I guess your average, like I guess, watch training times was two point nine minutes, which may seem minuscule to some, but that's kind of the sweet spot for today. It looks like you know when I think about things like YouTube Shorts, or when I think about TikTok, or I think about Instagram Reels, it kind of fits in that sweet spot. Was that was that what you guys were aiming for, really, to to capture that same attention span that that we're seeing across various platforms for people who are engaging on those? Yeah, so I think it really addresses the needs of today's learner, right? You're absolutely correct. I, th I think people are pretty much habituated to these short bursts, whether it be in social media or in training. But the key is the cumulative effect, right? Mm -hmm. The cumulative effect. Think of it in terms of, well, a gym membership, right? So if you go regularly and you do your routine and you get your exercise and your cardio, well, you get a benefit, right? We just make it more convenient. And so over time, the impact is substantial, not only in terms of the knowledge that the individual learner acquires, but also the impact that it has on that business on the business's objectives. And that's really what differentiates us. We're very, very focused on aligning training with the objective of our client's business. What about um, like retention rates? Do you guys have data on like the retention rates of people who like you talk about who use it on a regular basis as opposed to using it sporadically for someone who opens up the app and who's in there learning, testing, training every single day? What sort of improvements and strides are they making? Yeah, so so that's the power of the of the daily adaptive approach. So and and part of the trade-off is that that consistency is is where the payoff happens because you're not necessarily going to become an expert by doing five three-minute sessions, right? It takes time. 
So that's where the retention comes into play. You could be using the platform, let's say, for three months or six months or eight months. What it will do is it's always evaluating where you are. So if you learned about you know, break systems in June of this year, the system might be coming back right around now to see if you still know it. So it's assessing you constantly. We talk a lot about assessment and, and that gets applied to, let's say, a, a, a candidate and so forth. But this is assessing you each day. And essentially what the algorithm is doing is saying, all right, Chris, do you have that breaks knowledge that you had in June? Do you still have it? If you do, great. If you don't, then we are going to brush up on that. So while we do experience some backslide for folks because you know, they, they just may not be able to retain it as well as others, that's okay. The system can assess that and then deploy essentially a plan of action to address it. And for the person that has a better ability to retain, well, they can just keep moving forward. Everybody's a little different. So our ability to measure them and, and redirect where needed is what makes it very effective. Yeah, and we're assessing every day, Chris. Um, you know, and that's key, right? Because we're really focused on current competency, not what you demonstrated in passing your algebra test in your second year of high school, right? We want to know what the technician or what the service advisor has at hand right now. And speaking of assessment, that's something that we're also moving into for our clients because lots of folks are bringing folks into their businesses or they're canvassing, they're looking for employees. And one of the things we can do up front for them is create a very specific knowledge skills assessment for them so that they can better evaluate and understand where to probe and interview the candidates that they have for a particular position more effectively. Oh, that's really interesting. And speaking of, I guess, the, the idea of evaluating, are, are you guys, I guess, getting input from shop owners and, and kind of adding that into the platform if a shop owner is looking for specific training or specific things that they'd like to see? Are you guys able to make that adaptable to your platform or how does that work? So there's a number of paths to that. So, so we have our, our internal roadmap of, of content that, that's getting rolled out all the time. So, so recently, we released some, some training on network communications. This week, we re- released the, the partner topic for that that's geared towards service advisors to give them what they need to know. Ignition Systems is coming out in a couple more weeks. So we're developing that. Now, that's all informed from our audience. We will talk to them. We'll survey them. We'll understand what they need. Obviously, we have a, a pretty good feel for newer technologies, electrification, ADOS that we need to address as well. That said, the system also supports organizations that have their own existing training, whether that is something about best practices or how they want to deal with customers on the phone, troubleshooting guides and so forth. There are areas in the platform where they can have essentially their own folder, for lack of a better term, where they can bring in their own content and then we can blend it. You know, a, a user for that shop could see 80% of our content and 20% of the customer-specific content or vice versa. So it's pretty flexible. What we're really trying to do is, again, make it really, really easy for these folks to access this training and get get their fingertips on that that info. Are the trainings, I'm sorry, are the service advisor modules, are those pretty recent or pretty new? I think last year we talked, it was just a lot of um, technician-specific training. So is this, is this a new um, component? Yeah, it's relatively new. I mean, we're really focused on giving the service advisor good communication skills and a context in which to communicate with the customer. But 
from a technical perspective, we're not seeking to turn them into technicians. We just want them to be comfortable enough and knowledgeable enough in the vehicle systems to be able to accurately and confidently convey the needs of the vehicle to the customer and do that in conjunction with any legitimate and imminent consequences of the consumer not acting on those recommendations so that they can make an informed purchase decision. So it's an area that we continue to grow as we add additional modules and as we get feedback from our customers as well about the requirements that they have for those team members. Yeah, I can see this being very beneficial for uh, advisors who are coming in as outsiders, you know, who are coming in from, you know, whether it's hospitalities or some other industry where they don't know cars or automotive. And because it, it is intimidating, you come in as a service advisor and you, of course, understand selling, you understand customer service, but then you get intimidated by the fact that you don't have that technical knowledge. And I can see that this could be a way for them to bone up on technical knowledge and actually learn more you know, in those microbursts like you guys offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the blend there could be, because you might have somebody that was, again, the hospitality business a, a week ago and is now your new service advisor. And to your point, they're probably stronger in those communication skills, but will need more help on the technical side. And again, the system can pick up on that and lean that way. On the other hand, let's imagine you've got a technician that wants to get off the shop floor and is your new service advisor. Well, they're probably pretty strong in the technical skills, but maybe the communication or phone skills is a component where they're weak. That's the beauty of the personalization. It it can begin to figure that out and understand where you need help and, and push you in that direction. All right. So let's talk about, you know, some of the other findings, you know, productivity. You talk to me, can we discuss a little bit about, I guess, how learning systems like yours affect productivity in the shop? Yeah, so that so that's always been a challenge in terms of how do you make that trade-off decision with respect to training. If you're going to shut down the shop for an afternoon and bring in a trainer, okay, that that's a challenge from a revenue perspective. Mm-hmm. You're going to send somebody to a training this evening. Well, th- from a motivation, their ability to get work done tomorrow, that can be a challenge. So what we did in, in one particular case over the past year with, with a larger group is we essentially did a study where they deployed to a number of their locations and we were evaluating the productivity impact that, that, that was going to happen there. And what we found is that there was no negative productivity consequence. This three to five minutes each day can fit into the workday without impacting the shop's ability to get their their work done. I think we can all expect that people are probably spending a little bit of time on their phones or a smoke break or whatever it is. We're just chewing up a little bit of that time. So basically what we've been able to demonstrate is that there is a path where you can train and, and continue to improve day by day, but without sacrificing shop productivity. Yeah, and with shops having a headcount deficit, I mean, you know, everyone's struggling to keep the right amount of people on the team. Well, that's a real issue, right? Because there's a big price to pay in customer experience, in throughput, in revenue, and even in terms of earnings for the technician, especially if they're a flat rate technician. So this method lends itself to really eliminating those concerns. And one of the things we often hear, because I interview a lot of prospective clients, is, well, yeah, I've got 
I've got resources available to me. We just don't have the time to avail ourselves of those resources. That's a common theme. They may have access to some really good training and information, but they just don't have the time to put their people in front of it. And so this really fits the bill in the contemporary situation that shops find themselves in. Yeah. Yeah. Something else, you know, is, is you, you alluded to earlier, uh, Dave, was just this idea of progress and regression, progress and regression sometimes with technicians studying and learning uh, in the system, how the system's adapted to that, you know, and the idea that perhaps maybe some shop owners may think, is, is it too basic? Is it too, is it too simplistic? But I guess your data says otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So one of the, I think one of the decisions a shop owner often has to face is, you know, where do I need training? Where does my ne- team need help? In many cases, I, th- I think they have a tendency to uh, select training that somebody is asking for. What I think a challenge can be is that may not be what they need. You know, we don't know what we don't know. So in our approach, um, uh, technicians and service advisors start off with, with fundamental training in any area that, they, um, that they're going to begin. And sometimes shop owners might hesitate a bit on that and say, well, I don't know if I want to uh, have my very experienced technician of 25 years start off with the fundamentals. What if this person burns out? What if they're bored? And you know, we understand that, that concern. However, what our data suggests is that most of these folks, and, and many of them self-identified you know, experienced or A technicians, have gaps. If we think about it, it, it's unrealistic to assume that these experienced folks are going to know every detail about every system for everything that they've ever done in the past. There are likely little gaps along the way, whether it's a a crutch they have from doing a voltage drop test or or just something that's slipped over time because they haven't done it in a while. What our data suggests is that even for these most experienced folks, that their baseline knowledge, essentially this initial assessment across the fundamental areas of the platform, typically about 80%, you know, maybe 79, 80% roughly in that area. So what that means is that there's probably 20%. That is a gap for them. And we can efficiently clean that up. Obviously, these folks aren't starting from scratch. They've got a lot of other knowledge. We're probably just refreshing them on something here and there. And they'll close that gap and move on pretty quickly. But we think it's uh, it's unwise to just assume that there's no gaps there. So that's why we we deploy it in that way. Yeah, and I think there's, there's something to be said about this idea of just constantly working on the fundamentals anyway. You know, I think when you think about professional sports, like athletes are always working on their fundamental game, you know, and then they're layering on top of that. So they're practicing their jump shot, you know, hundreds of times before they move on to something else. And I think, you know, in a training situation with technicians, I think it is beneficial to go back and continually go over the foundational stuff. Because like you said, Dave, things can slip over time. You forget things over time, but it's just also good to reinforce what you know and what you've learned. That, that's a great example. I mean, just think about, you know, footwork and, and football, right? You know, it doesn't sound as, you know, as sexy to work on your footwork, right? You know, you may want to run some plays and scrimmage and so forth, but but that footwork is likely going to be one of those things that enables you to execute quickly and consistently in a game. Yeah. And Ron, you talked about um, shop owners, you know, feeling like they've got lots of resources and not enough time to choose between the resources. You know, 
like how do you how do you encourage them to fit in you know something like today's class which isn't very hard to do which is something very simple you know we talked about before dave i know you know talk about just you know hey, you can do it over breakfast you can do it in between on a, on a lunch break you can do it you know just if you're waiting for like, your kid's basketball game to start you can do a quick class but how can you encourage them that hey you know this this learning model you know, it, it works wherever the person is. It doesn't have to be a, a huge time commitment. It doesn't involve sitting behind a, a computer for hours. It doesn't involve travel and, you know, footing hotels and such and so forth. But it's really a learning model that's based on a person's desire to learn when they choose. Yeah, I guess our mantra is consistency, right? Because it's these small building blocks, these small increments. If you do it daily, you're going to win. If you do it daily, knowledge is going to grow. If you do it daily, you're going to retain knowledge. If you do it daily, you're going to impact the business objectives that you're training towards. Okay, that's key. And yeah, we have we have clients that pretty much just field it and say, do it when you can. And they get great buy-in from their folks and they do it every day. But what we've learned over time is that as a best practice, we recommend that, hey, when your team comes in, have them punch in, have them lace up, have them do their training. Because at an average of 2.9 minutes, it doesn't detract from their productivity. And also, it gets that banter going on in the shop that Dave alluded to earlier, where folks are talking about what they're getting in the training. And that has an exponential effect on that whole learning culture and environment that gets established in the shop as well. So yeah, we're, we're really, really big on consistency. And we are really big on making training part of the shop's culture, but in a non-disruptive fashion. Yeah. Uh, and what and what else are you guys you know finding about the, the training model that you guys have employed you know you guys are deploying what, what what else have you found that it does in terms of helping the shop in terms of like you talked like you talked about a minute ago Ron a learning culture and developing a learning culture for shops who are doing that for shops who are implementing it as a learning culture doing it on a regular basis and of course you guys have the metrics where the shop owner can track the learning and it help and help their shop their team members improve what are you learning about the shops who are being consistent with it versus maybe shops who aren't as consistent with it well they're much better equipped to coach their people for one thing because they've got a pretty good understanding they know what they don't know they also know what they're confident in relative to their knowledge and what they're in confident in, and those provide excellent coaching opportunities. Moreover, you know, it's important that a shop avail itself of instructor-led training. I mean, absolutely, you've got to make the connection between what's between the ears and what's at the fingertips, right? I mean, that's how skills are actualized. So how do you know who to send to what? How do you know who's ready to take an A5 ASE? Well, the data can inform that. And here's another thing that we hear anecdotally a lot. You know, I think a lot of shop owners would relate to this. They've got folks that can do the work and they they go to test for the ASE. Maybe they're going for an A5 and they test and they come back and they just blow it. They don't pass. But these are guys that can, or gals that can do the work every day. Well, a lot of that's just associated with the fact that they're just not used to that test environment. Well, 
if they're using the app, by the time they get to level three questions, which are applied scenarios in the app, they've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of these adaptive learning interactions. And in many instances, they're formatted very similarly to the same proctor types of questions that they're going to get on the ASE certification exam. So they're much less anxious. In effect, they've developed the mental muscle memory, if you will, to do better on it. So while we're not teaching to the test, we're not teaching them, this is how you pass your ASE. There's millions of resources out there for that. We are making them a lot more comfortable in that environment. And as a result, we hear quite often that we're making their people a lot more effective in passing those. Oh, I like that. I like the aspect of using the tool, you know, using today's class as a means of, you know, coaching, you know, sitting down, finding out what they're good at, what they're competent at, what they're not good at, or using it as a way to figure out what classes they should take it, maybe a vision or some other, other uh, place where they train. And it's okay, well, you're, you're good here. You're not, you know, we need you to work on this. So we'll send you this class at vision or whatever. And then also, I guess it could be used as a way to, cover learning gaps, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always focused on identifying gaps and, and closing those gaps. But it does that consistent with the uh, business's objectives for the specific role. Now, at the same time, and I know I keep harping on this, we don't want to frustrate technicians from diving deeper in things that they're interested in. We think discretionary learning is, is awesome right? And curiosity is, is awesome and should be rewarded with the uh, information and path knowledge that a tech wants to seek. So we also offer that as well. We have a, we have a robust suite of additional topics that they can dive into that, that may not be positioned as part of that shop's emphasis. The example I give is, you know, if a shop isn't equipped to do ADAS calibration, for instance, we don't want to frustrate those technicians that are interested in learning about that emerging technology. So we make that available to them and they can seek that out on their own. Well, that's pretty cool. So in the app, you know, you have pretty much control over what you want to learn, when you want to learn it. Yeah. And that, and, and that's a big thing, tying that back to adult learning, you know, motivation, control, all of those things are, are really, really key. And, and how that impacts them as a part of it. And I'll tie that back to what you said a few minutes ago, Chris, about, you know, can this be used for things like coaching and assigning training? And honestly, our, our, our happiest customers, our most productive customers are the ones that leverage the platform and the data for that purpose. Yes, your team can log in and, and yes, they will improve their knowledge daily if they're very consistent. The folks that really make it something special, they will leverage that data to support annual reviews, to provide targeted co uh, targeted coaching sessions, to figure out who can mentor somebody in this area, to send them to the right class to make sure it, it's a good effort, to use it for engagement. I mean, there's a lot of additional things. And we partner with shops to do that. So we don't just turn on the app and, and wish them well. We're there to support them. And we try to build a sense of community among our shops where, where they're learning from one another about this. Because while it, it's great and it's convenient on your phone, that'll take you, it'll take you so far. But if you're really looking to make an impact for your shop, there's a there's a lot of little things that you can do that really take it to the next level. Yeah, awesome. Dave makes a good point there, Chris. We don't expect 
owners or operators to become learning management system administrators. We really come alongside our clients. It's our job to understand what information is important to them, how frequently they want to receive that, whether they want to source it themselves or they want us to push it to them. And we do that. We can even push data to them on their team, on their smartwatch. Hmm. It's come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what else is coming down the pipeline for you guys? Like, what do you, what do you guys, or what are you guys up to for you know the next year? What, what sort of uh, additions will you make to the, the platform, and how else will you, you know, kind of elevate the learning experience? So it, it's a blend uh, of content, additional technology, and reporting, along with partnerships. So from a content perspective, as I mentioned earlier, we, we've got our roadmap where we're continuing to to build out more and more areas. We're going to do a bit of a rebuild in our electrical area as well. Um, so, so from a content perspective, that's the core. Um, we are also expanding into other languages. So we've been doing testing on, on Spanish over the summer. Um, we're going to be expanding out into other languages as well. From a technology perspective, the reporting is going to be a big focus. So Ron mentioned the, the messaging to like a smartwatch via text and so forth. So there's a lot of avenues that we'll be leveraging there, whether it's pushing data to, to smart boards, text messages, websites, and so forth. Because again, the data is a huge piece of this puzzle. Not everybody wants to go you know, look through dashboards to figure it out. So we are making this very convenient to push you the information that you need so that you can make very informed decisions, drive engagement, you know, and support your team. So it's going to be a, a, a blend across all those areas as we head into 2024. Yeah. And I can really see that being one of the best parts for the shop, you know, particularly shops who are really active at tracking KPI, just knowing the learning data, because you can't really gauge that from an online class as, as well, or you can't really engage that from sitting in a seminar, but because they're logged into an app, they certainly can engage. They certainly can get that data and that information they can use to better improve their people. Yeah, it's 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 depth because even with a, an assessment, it can give you a good picture, but that's one time. I mean, what yeah. if I hit the wrong button? What if I guessed right? What if I guessed wrong? So so this ongoing depth about about where you are is important. It's you know going back to your sports analogy. You watch somebody play one game, right? Maybe they had a good game. But if you watch them the whole season, if you've got all of their all of their statistics over the past couple of years, that paints a little different picture. So that's really the the approach that we're doing. There's there's depth depth to it that we can leverage to again help a shop owner make some informed decisions about their team. All right. Well, once again, Ron Davis, great chatting with you guys about today's class. Always good, and uh, look forward to to more engagement, more interaction with you. Thanks so much, thanks, Chris. Chris. All right, thanks. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, And you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.